in the inner voice between the color. Identity is a big issue at the moment. I'm not even talking about the uh, the conceptual, the, the, the emotional idea of a person's identity. Uh, I'm talking just just legally. How do you identify a person? Fingerprint identity, iris identification, just the the whole idea of digital electronic identification is something that's very that, that's a very a growing industry and something that's becoming increasingly important. And we'll uh, understand the uh, in our sugya today the idea of audial identification. All of these are really even electronic identification is really visual. Uh, you're looking at something on the surface of the eye or something on the surface of the of the fingerprint. Um, but there's also an audial identification to be able to hear a person so clearly that from your hearing of their voice, you know exactly who they are. And perhaps you know who they are in a much deeper way than you can know with with digital or any other form of identification. With digital identification, You can just know who the person is physically. You can know who the person's legal identity, but you can't really know much more about the person. But with audial identification, we can go much further. The Gemara is the following. We have a mission that says, Akol k'sherim l'avi get. We know that we need a, you can, when a get comes from chutz you, you need a shaliach. And the shaliach has to be able to say, I was present when it was written and signed. Anybody can be a shaliach, excepting a cheresh or te katan suma, blind, a deaf person, a person who's mentally incapacitated, a child, a blind person, and a non-Jewish person. Bishlama says the Gemara, I understand that a deaf person or a mentally challenged person or a little child can't be a shliach. They're lacking the mental capacity to be able to inform us what exactly happened and to be cognizant of what happened. A non-Jew as well is not part of the whole sugi of Gitin, so he's he's not included in that. But what's wrong with a blind person? Uh, he's mentally fine, he knows what's going on, why can't he? He doesn't know who he's getting it from and who he's giving it from. How can you say he's mentally okay? It's true, he's not. he doesn't have mental impairment, but in the role of shaliach, what kind of shaliach is it? He doesn't know who he got it from and who he's giving it to. Matkif la Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef gets up very angry. Don't forget Rav Yosef was blind. And Rav Yosef says, that's not true. Are you suggesting that a blind person doesn't know, he can't identify individuals? Says Rav Yosef, that's not true. I know from my own experience a blind person can identify people. And not only that, we know it halachically. Hech suma mutar How is a blind person allowed to be with his wife? How does he know that it's his wife? So clearly a blind person can identify. You don't need visual. There are other ways to identify. How are you allowed to be in Yichud with your wife at night? You're not even sure she's your wife. You can hear the voice. And from sound, you can identify who the person is. So also a blind person. For using hearing, a blind person's hearing is very sharp. And a blind person can hear from the voice exactly who the person is. And therefore, it's not a problem. So Elamar of Yosef, Yosef answers in a different, a different way, but it's interesting that we see in the Shulchan Aruch that the Shulchan Aruch remains with this, that the Shaliach, if he's a Suma, has to recognize the individual. He has to be able to say, I know that was the husband, I could hear his voice. I know that was the woman, I, could, I can hear her voices. That has to be present. Why is the voice so important? 
So we have a, a, an important Ovest de Rabbi Nosson. This is a simple, a simple Gemara in, the, in Sanhedrin, Deflamet Ches, but the Ovest de Rabbi Nosson is, uh, is fuller. Look at the wording in the in the Ovesta Rabbi Nassim. In three ways, Hashem changed people one from the other. So it's almost as if it starts off with a mass-produced product. And then Hashem introduces change. We, we're not created different. We created the same. And then the Rebbe Hashem introduces change in three primary areas. Voice, taste, Preferences and appearance. If people's voices weren't different, there would be a, a lot of sexual confusion. At nighttime, you can't see a person goes out and somebody else comes into his house and and masquerades as the husband, the wife doesn't know the difference. You've got a voice, you've got to be, you've got to have something that's not dependent on light in order to identify people. If we all like the same things and the same people, there would be jealousy and a lot of a lot of conflict in the world. But fortunately, not everybody likes exactly the same things and people find what works for them, what likes for them, what they like. And it's important to be true to your own taste because your own taste is your authentic self. That's how Hashem made you, with very specific taste. The fact that somebody else has something uh, that maybe you like, but it's not it's not for you. You're, you need to, to go to what, what is your taste. Hashem changed facial expression. It's interesting, it's about the face. It's not, even, it's not even the total appearance of the person. It's about the face and the use of expression. If it weren't for that, women wouldn't know who their husbands were if everybody looked the same. So they, uh, everybody's face is different. Men wouldn't know who women are, and women wouldn't know who men are. Men wouldn't know who their wives are. So the what we see from there is that the distinguishing factor of a person resides in three areas. Their, their tastes and preferences, which goes into the whole area of values. That's not just, just aesthetic taste. That goes into the whole, their reasons why we like certain things and dislike other things. And a lot of that has to do with the, with the values of, of the person. Uh, and the person's facial expression, that becomes uh, the, 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 just the image that a person projects with their face becomes part of their identification. And, um, and of course, their voice. The Sfas Emes says, When we talk about kol and dibur, there's a difference. Dibur means speech, kol means voice. There's a difference between voice and, and speech. What's the difference? A person can say whatever they want. You can be dishonest in your speech. You can be deceitful. You can be insincere in your speech. You can, uh, you can fool people, seduce people with words. That's why it's called dibur. But voice comes from the inner being. You can't fake voice. Um, now we'll see in the Ramban, there are people who can, but generally speaking, you can't face voice. Vo vo voice gives everything away. 
And when you're listening to somebody, it's so important to listen not only to their words, but listen to their voice. Because voice changes every moment depending on, on, on where we are. Simon, you were talking about the capacity to hear keys and notes, and different people have different capacity to hear music in different ways. It's the same with, with, with vocal, the same as you're astonished by some people being able to, to be so accurate in how they hear a key or a note and are able to modulate their own keys when they're singing and, and how amazing that is. And some people, not it's the same with speech and people, some people can hear voice and they can notice what, what's wrong, what, what's going on, what, what's going on with you. Um, I, I find very often when I'm coaching a person and since COVID we've been doing nearly all of our coaching on the phone or on, on video, when the person says hello, I usually start straight away with, okay, what's going on? What's wrong? Uh, there's something that I love that you just feel an, an energy, and I'm sure you've all felt that. Um, uh, I went, once had a coach, an old, an old man who I never met. It was all on the phone. And, and once I spoke to him and I said hello, and he said, okay, what's up? I said, nothing's up. He said, come on, who are you fooling? Uh, and, and, and then he began to probe. Just from that word hello, the energy in the, in the voice and the difference, to be sensitive to the way a person's voice changes. So not only to notice that this is one person and that's another person, but to be able to notice the tone of voice. Now we miss all of that, of course, in, in, in digital communication, in texts and in, uh, and, and in uh, emails, we miss, we miss all that. And so you put an emoji in, but you can put whatever emoji you want in. You can be sad and put a happy emoji in. What do you know? The emoji means nothing. The only way you can know what the person is really feeling and the only way that person can transmit their feeling to you is through voice. And, and, and that's why it's so important to become sensitive. Says this verse, you can't fake voice. Voice tells the other person who you are at that moment, not just who you are as, as an individual, who you are at that moment. That's why voice identification is so much more than fingerprint identification and iris identification and heartbeat identification. Because all of those identifications just tells you the legal entity that you are, your name is so-and-so, who you are, and your identity number, your passport number, that it can, it can give your address, your phone number, any data it can give. But it can't tell who you are. What do you believe? What are your thoughts? How are you feeling today? Only voice identity can do that. That's tfiut ayin de kala. Says the Ramban, so then how come that Yaakov wasn't afraid when he went to his father that his father would recognize his voice? So they covered up all the other giveaways of identity, but what about voice? The Svasemis has just told us that you can't fake voice. Didn't Yaakov and didn't Rivka realize that, that um, and, and didn't Rachel realize that, that Yitzchak was going to be able to detect the voice? Says the Ramban. Maybe as twins they had similar voice. And that's why that's why Rashi brings when Yitzchak says the voice is the voice of Yaakov. He doesn't mean the sound of the voice. That he couldn't distinguish between Yaakov and Esav. But the tone of voice. The timbre of the voice was the same as, as Esav. But there was a softness in the tone that Esav didn't have. And there's a, a mention of Hashem, it's in the way he speaks. So when you're listening to voice, not only do you hear who the person is and how they're feeling, you hear what they believe, what their value systems are. 
Is there Yerushalayim in the person? Is there respect in the person? Is, is there integrity in the person? You can hear all of that in, in voice identity. And so when, when, when we came in, as I said in the, in the Shulchan Aruch, it's in the last piece of the, uh, of the um, sources, where the Shulchan Aruch concludes that this din, even though the Gemara then veers off this and says, no, the reason a blind person can't be a shlich is because he cannot recite the words, this was written in front of me, and he can't say that. That's the problem. Uh, nevertheless, we still require He still has to, even if he can say it was written in front of me. For example, he, was, he had sight at the time. He became blind on the way. So he, he's in, in January, he's, he's present, and they sign again and he sees it. He then gets onto a ship and he becomes blind on the ship. And by the time he gets to the Beis Din in July... Uh, or in April, or whenever, in February, he can't see. But he can say, says the Shulchan yes, but he's still got to be able to say, when I'm handing this over to the woman, I've got to be sure that at least through voice, I can identify that this is the right woman. So this capacity, this Rav Yosef's Chidush, that a blind person can identify with voice, and therefore not only a blind person, Tosfus and other Rishonim then go into the question, does this apply with others also, not people who are blind, which is a different discussion we don't have time to go into right now. You can look at the, at the sources. But the, the ability of a person, particularly somebody who's super sensitive, to hear everything they need to know from the tone of voice of another person that's a capacity that we need to have, we need to use, we need to practice. So as we, as we always say, to integrate and to digest the matrimonium apart from reviewing it, at least in your mind once a day. Just go and remind yourself in the middle of the day, what did we learn in the matrimonium today? Oh yes, it was about a voice identity. Just, just remind yourself there was a Ramban, remember the Ramban, there was Ovis de Rabbi Nelson. Just remember these things so that they become embedded in your, in your being and in your memory. But even more important, start practicing it. The first time you have the, the, the possibility, you firstly notice your own voice when you're davening this morning. Notice your own voice. Notice how it changes in different parts of the davening. Simon, so, you were talking about that as Liat that how you change depending on what the davening says. Chazonim are very trained to be able to do that. But all of us, notice your own voice, even if you're davening very quietly, notice your voice. And as you walk out of shul today and you start engaging with people, Start listening to the voice, not just to what they're saying, but, but start listening to the voice. And if you get a text from somebody who's important to you, and you're not altogether sure what the person's feeling, because all you've got is words, and the Ramban says you can make up, wor- the, you can make up words, as Fasemi says you can make up words, if you're not altogether sure how the person's feeling, pick up the phone and check in with them. Even if you just have two minutes, even if you just say, do you have a moment to talk? And the person says, no, that's all you need. Because from that moment, you'll hear the tone of voice and you'll know everything you need to know from that tone of voice.